You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call. As tonight, your Indiana Hoosiers fall 89 to 75 in Las Vegas to the Arizona Wildcats in a game that Indiana once again played without Jalen Hood Shafino. Uh, and, you know, just got off to such a bad start, you know, down 27 to 8, uh, you know, just really looked disjointed offensively didn't have an answer for Wisconsin or for Arizona's defense and Arizona jumped out to to that big lead and to Indiana's credit the Hoosiers were able to battle back but every time Indiana got it to five or got it to six Arizona had an answer and they would go on a seven eight point run push it right back out and Indiana was just never able to uh you know to fully make the comeback and Arizona ends up winning by 14. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms. We're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. And let's start the show the way we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And for the banner moment, you know, I'm going to go to the second half. We, you know, and again, one of those runs that Indiana went on. Uh, you know, they come out in the second half, they score five straight points, Arizona gets it right back. And so it kind of seesawed like that for a little while. And the closest Indiana got, uh, was after Arizona pushed it back out to 59 to 50. Xavier Johnson hit a three pointer, and then Tamar Bates hit a huge three to make it 59 to 56. And then actually a little bit later, when Arizona pushed that lead out again and they were up 74 to 60, Tamar Bates had a great sequence where he found Miller Cop in the corner for a three, then you know took a screen, hit a shot from the mid range. And I think one of the biggest positives that you can take from this game uh, is the way that Tamar Bates shot the ball and scored because he really felt like a guy who, on a big stage, kind of grew up before our eyes. Uh, Tamar finishes with 13 points. And if he is going to be able to bring that kind of shooting and scoring off the bench in big games for Indiana, it would obviously be huge for this team as they move forward. He's been a guy who's had some big games, but he's done it at home against lesser competition. To see him do it tonight in a spot like this where all of those shots just felt like they had the weight of the world on them if Indiana was going to make a comeback, then he made them, finished a 6 of 10, made that 1-3, uh, hit a number of shots inside the arc. Um, just a really solid performance offensively from Tamar on a night when Indiana needed someone, anyone, to step up and give him a spark offensively. He did that, unfortunately. It just wasn't enough uh, on a night when Indiana didn't have enough against Arizona. All right, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And I'll tell you what, in almost every shot or picture I saw of Las Vegas and all the Indiana fans there, there was always home field gear. You know, you got Galen wearing the oval shirts. You always see the bison hoodie. I mean, it's just, it is the thing to wear. That is what, uh, what Homefield Apparel has become. Uh, and if you're doing your Christmas shopping, as we've been telling you, go to Homefield Apparel because they have something for everybody. Uh, just incredible logos that really celebrate the, the heritage and tradition of all the different schools uh, that they have uh, and that they sell on their website. And plus, all the materials are comfortable. The colors last through many washings. And of course, you're supporting an Indiana-based brand that came up through Kelly. Uh, just awesome people. We love supporting them, and we hope that you do too. So go to homefieldapparel.com, 
Use our promo code HOME and you will get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Andy, we will start with you, your bottoms line on this Indiana loss. Uh, just they they played so poorly early in the game, and, and they were just playing uphill the rest of it from there. I mean, really, um, it, it was one of those where you get into halftime and you feel like, well, you're kind of lucky to be down 10, but against a team that's that explosive offensively, even that is a hard hard hole to dig out of. And they came out of the locker room and played really well the first few possessions and then, you know, give up a quick run to Arizona and you look up and you really have shaved one point off the lead uh, at that point. And I think eventually having to play that way, they really ran out of steam at the end. I think they gave up scores on eight straight possessions at one stretch before maybe an empty one or two to end the game. But when it really mattered and you needed to get stops, just couldn't come up with them, either couldn't corral a rebound, gave up an easy shot inside. Um you know, I, I just think uh, th- that was too much for them to overcome. And, and really, you look, I mean, up and down the stat line in terms of places where, you know, IU usually fares well, got almost doubled up in points in the paint. Um, offensive rebounds were actually closer than I thought they were. Um, but, you know, got outscored in second chance points, gave up tons of points off turnovers in the first half, really cut back the turnovers in the second half. But that one stretch of really poor play in the first half when, uh, right after X got a second foul or kind of he got a second foul in the midst of that, the whole thing really just unraveled uh, from there for IU and and for as well as they played in spurts and showed great resiliency because there was a time that I and many others thought they were just going to get absolutely run out of the building. Um, and so I think there are positives to take from it, but, um, you know, really struggled guard play, struggled to contain uh, inside did have some some strong performances from maybe unexpected guys, I guess you could say, to uh, to keep things uh, keep things close for a while. And I'm not sure the 14 point you know final margin is indicative of uh, of what it really was, but uh, just felt like everything to me ties back to that stretch in the first half. That kind of just threw everything out of whack. Um, just didn't come out ready to play. Arizona really dictated what they wanted to do, and IU took a while to you know, get up off the mat. And by then you're down, you know, 17, 19 points. And uh, against a team like that, I just think you're going to struggle to hold them, hold them off defensively for long enough to allow you to totally get back in the game. Yep. Well said, Andy. Ryan, your rant. You know, uh, Indiana wasn't ready to play when the tip went up. They just weren't. And Arizona was. Arizona jumped on them early. I mean, you know, not even nine minutes into the game, Indiana's down 19, 27 to eight. And, and that's an impossible hole to dig out of. It really is, especially against a good team. If you're playing a terrible team, playing in Nebraska, you can make that comeback. You cannot against Arizona. And we've ta- we've seen this before, that Indiana, if you start off bad, good teams are going to bury you. This will happen against Kansas, too. If they show up and they are not ready to play, Kansas will blow them out of that building. And and I, kudos to Indiana. They fought very hard tonight. This is not going to be a knock on the players for, for not playing hard. I think that they were a little stunned early. Uh, I do blame the coaching staff for not having them ready, ready to play. I thought the coaching was relatively fine after that. But really, to open the game, they weren't ready to go. But here's the thing that I'm going to say about this game. Arizona is a better team than Indiana. I've watched Arizona play five times this year. They are the best team I have watched as far as talent. They lost to Utah, I know, and that's a really wacky result. We've seen those for some teams this year. They're the best team I've seen. 
And this is where you look at Arizona. That's where Indiana needs to aspire to be. These guys are bigger than Indiana. They're stronger than Indiana. They play smarter than Indiana. They hit, they all can hit open threes. And honestly, and this isn't a knock on Mike Woodson because I think Tommy Lloyd's a really good coach, but they're better coached than Indiana. Uh, and again, that's not saying that Mike Woodson's a bad coach. I just think Tommy Lloyd is a very, very, very good coach. One of the best in college basketball. This is where Indiana's program needs to go is to be what Arizona is, to have that level of talent, to have that level of size, and ha- to have everybody able to hit open shots. Indiana hit open shots tonight. They actually matched Arizona from the three-point line, which it probably didn't feel like it because it seemed every time Arizona needed a three, they were able to get it. But you have to be able to hit all of those different things. And Indiana over the past 20 years has been they're either good inside or they're good shooting and they're missing something. Arizona has it all covered, and that is the goal you aspire to. Indiana should not feel bad about losing to to Arizona. It Arizona is flat out, I'm sorry, a better basketball team right now, and I don't think they're going to get any worse. If I had to pick a, a, a national championship today, if the, if the tournament started today, I would pick Arizona. Um, but Indiana has a lot to work on, and, and and we're all talking about how excited we are about you know the, the Big Ten championship possibility, and oh, could they make a run to the championship? This is the kind of team they're going to face. And you can't let your flaws show in a game like this. You have to be able to grab rebounds. How many times did a ball hit an Indiana player and go out of bounds and give Arizona another chance? How many times did, you know, a guy screw up on a on ball screen coverage and leave a guy open for three? How many times did, you know, they double too far and leave a guy open from three? I mean, or, or over help in the post and leave another guy open. I mean, it's, you have to have all your bases covered when you're playing a, a team that is this good. And they didn't. And you can't, you also cannot get off to the start that they got off to. You just can't. I mean, you're going to lose that game if you do. So I, I appreciate the fight these guys showed. A lot of guys stepped up. I, I want to mention Miller Cop. I want to mention Tamar Bates, as Jared did. You know, those guys really, Race Thompson stepped up and played a pretty decent ball game. Um, but, you know, if you're going to beat a really, really good team, you have to play your best. And Indiana did not play its best. Yeah. I mean, you're right about Arizona. I mean, they are really good. And I think it's, it's, it, I said it's going important. In, you could play really, really well against Arizona and still lose because they're yes. that good. And, and that's, you know, you go in hoping you show a good performance. Indiana from about the 10 minute mark of the first half on was a good performance, but there's 10 minutes of that game missing. It's a 40 minute game. Yeah. Look, and I think it's important to put this loss in proper context. It's very disappointing. And we wanted Indiana to have a better showing, not start out like that, make it a 40-minute game, and that didn't happen. It also, you know, and I think there were some execution issues. Like, I think the guys who were on the court could have played better tonight. But there's no question that missing Jalen Hood-Shafino really hurts this team. And Trace Jackson Davis does not look 100% to me. And so it does feel a little bit like a team that really could use a couple of weeks to rest up right as its schedule has gotten really tough. And look, at the end of the day, Andy, when you're going through the bracketology, all that's going to matter are the wins and the losses. But I do think that would have made a difference. Does it allow Indiana to beat Arizona? I don't know, because as we've said all along, you could play really good and lose, you know, and lose to them. But, you know, it does feel like a team, you know, Trey Galloway should not be running the point that long in a game like this, you know, and unfortunately X picks up the two fouls. So I I would just, I, I, I just don't know how many conclusions we can draw for a team you know, when we're putting it into perspective of being a potential Big Ten champion, that's with Jalen Huchifino being a key part, you know, and Trace being at 100%, which he's not. So, you know, Andy, I don't I mean, necessarily want to use look, that as an excuse, 
but I do think it is important context to keep in mind. Um, yeah, you know, when you're it, when you're looking at a game like this, it is Jared. But I'll also say this is that you know what, back injuries might dog them the whole year. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- this no, fantasy no. land where they're all of a sudden going to get healthy and we're going to make a big time. They're probably going to be dealing with this not a hundred percent all year. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's, there's a good chance back injuries recur, they come back. So Indiana has got to find a way to play without them at a better, at a higher level. And that's on some guys behind them playing better. You're right. Trey Galloway was put in an impossible situation yeah. against that guard lineup today. And he didn't play well. He didn't have his best game. He was fine. He was okay, but not as good as he needed to be. But that's what I mean. If you don't have those two guys, it's going to be such an uphill climb to beat a team like Arizona. Right. It didn't need to be as uphill climb Andy, you know, because of how Indiana started out. Um, but you know, we, we need to keep that in mind. So <sighs> You know, Andy, you talked about the rebounding, and that is something that, you know, doesn't need to be an issue based on who's on the court. You know, this is something that we talked about from day one, watching this team in exhibition games, that they did not have very good rebounding fundamentals. We saw it just, you know, kill them against Rutgers. And tonight, you know, there was a play late in the game. I think Indiana was down seven, and they got a stop. And the ball just bounces off of Miller Cop's hands, you know, and there was another play late. Indiana gets a stop. X doesn't box out and they get the rebound. Now, Arizona is going to get some offensive rebounds on you because of their size. But this is now, I think, kind of a pretty big crisis point for this team um, when it comes to rebounding, because that's something that when you have guys, you know, like Race Thompson and Malik Renew and Jordan Geronimo and some of these guys with size and athleticism, You've got to be able to rebound better than this. And if Indiana doesn't, they're going to lose games they should win just because they're giving up too many second chances. Yeah, and for IU, it was kind of a, you know, positioning-wise, you know, they tried some different things. They really tried to front Ballo in the first half. That didn't work. And even if you're doing that and he doesn't get the ball, he's got inside position to rebound at that point. Then they tried playing behind him, and they were giving up such deep post position to both him and to Bellis that you're basically pushed under the rim at that point, if somebody misses. So a lot of it was positioning, but there's just some effort things. You've been able to come away with loose balls that, um, you know, you would try to tip them out and they had a little bit more success doing that. Um, but sometimes just breakdowns on the, on the perimeter. I think it was Bates, uh, the one that Ramey missed and then ends up getting his own rebound kicking it to, to Creasa there at the end. That was uh, among the, the daggers toward the end was just a, you know, he closes out, he goes past him and doesn't really get back in the play to, to, to do things there. And so um, that was kind of a total system failure. I don't I don't know that it was I wouldn't put it all on the bigs. I wouldn't put it all on the guards. It was just nobody was really consistently in position to be able to a whole to lot of scrambling going on. It felt like on some yeah. of those. Yeah. You know, the other thing, Ryan, that I think is really interesting to analyze is the play and usage of Xavier Johnson tonight. You know, X finishes with 11 points, 11 assists, and two turnovers. And I feel like if you said coming into the game, those are going to be his numbers, you might feel okay about, you know, you'd feel like Indiana was going to have a chance. But he was also 3 of 13 and really seemed to be a little bit out of sync with when to shoot, when not to shoot, when to force it, when not to. But he also just finished with the two fouls. And you think back to the first half, the game unraveled when he sat with the two fouls. Yeah. Now you had to sit him there. Well, it wasn't going great. And he no, started, no, it wasn't, but he was, right. you're right. But the thing you're is right. he was also plus six in the first half. Yeah. And did. so, you he know, came back though, he came back in. Well, he did. And you know, for as up and down as he was, I mean, he threw that one pass right to Tommy Lloyd. Like it wasn't a vintage X game, 
but you you know you needed him on the floor as much as possible because it wasn't a game where Trey Galloway was going to be able to run point for you. Yeah. You know, and so he's only able to play 26 minutes and as uneven as they were, you know, and look, there was that one stretch. We were all texting each other like, why isn't X in at the under eight minute timeout? And that, you know, Indiana went on an 8-0 run, <laughs> you know, yeah, with uh, with Trey and Tamar. And so they were able to kind of salvage that. But, you know, it kind of felt like one of those games where he, you know, if he's only got two fouls, you know, he's got to he needs to be on the court for more than 26 minutes. Now, he needs to be better. Yeah. But, you know, 11 assists. I mean, Indiana was at least you know, after that opening stretch where, yes, they struggled, you know, they were able to at least get some things done with him on the court. Um, but yeah. he just wasn't able to be out there enough. Yeah, here's what I'll say about X. And, and first of all, uh, Xavier Johnson can hit a pull-up jumper occasionally. But when you're down by that much, consistently trying pull-up jumpers is not is not a strategy for yeah. winning. That, that's a back-and-forth game. You get an open look, you take it kind of thing. And and he hit one at one point, and I, I felt foolish. And then he missed a couple more, and I was like, oh, no, that's not, it's not what Indiana wants offensively. Um, what I'll say about X is, and this is kind of plays to the whole Indiana's entire roster. Um, it was almost like this game at the beginning, the atmosphere and the type of game and the hype for it got Indiana way overhyped and way mm -hmm. too much adrenaline. Guys were shooting the ball really like long on everything. They were rushing all that. Arizona was calm. Because I think Arizona's guys have been in these situations before and been in games like this and been in pre big preseason. They were just in Maui, where I'm sure every game was as hyped as that. There were some great games out there. Um, Indiana didn't look comfortable with the atmosphere. And yeah. it's different when you have this atmosphere and you're playing at home and, and playing at Assembly Hall. It's different when you have to travel to do it. And it's such a hyped game and it's such a big deal. Um, they got rushed. And Arizona's a team that plays fast anyway. And they got Indiana to go way too fast early. That includes X. That includes Trey Galloway. They played way too fast. They didn't just take a deep breath and run and trust your offense. I don't care if they go on a 10-0 run. They went on a 17-0 run at one point. If they're on a 10-0 run, you still slow down and run your offense. You're not going to get that all back on one possession. You slow it down, make a bucket, stop their run, and move on. Indiana didn't do that. They were taking bad shots, and it was up and down the line. It wasn't just the guards. They were taking rush shots, bad shots, but Xavier is the point guard. He's the one who's supposed to calm that stuff down. And he didn't. Now, again, later in the game, he played very well in the second half and, and showed exactly who he is in the second half. But as we've talked about, that first half, that first nine minutes of the first half is where they lost this game. And honestly, and that's where Jalen Huchifino helps. Think about what he did against North Carolina, you know? I mean, that's what I mean is I think having that second guy to help get you into stuff would have helped there. Sure, it and helps. it's not going to matter agree. if he doesn't get healthy and get back into a game like this. No, I but. agree that Huchifino helps Indiana in this game and maybe at the start too. Uh, I don't think it makes up the difference between these two teams. If you just stack them next to each other. I mean, Arizona, mm -hmm. Arizona was favored to win this game and they did. I mean, it's, you know, they're just a really good team. Uh, but it moving forward, what you take from this isn't Indiana, Arizona, because they're, Likelihood they play again this year is very small. So you take things from this game and apply them moving forward. And certainly you need Jalen Huchifino moving forward just for his perimeter defense alone, because mm -hmm. they were getting so many open looks from three off of rotations and guys not closing out or overhelping or, you know, doubling and then not getting back, whatever, over that ball screen at the top. You need his size, you need his strength, and you need his savvy defensively. Um so moving forward, Indiana's going to play road games and atmospheres like this in the Big Ten a lot. They need to come out better 
and smarter and calmer. And when you have a veteran team, the starting lineup has a lot of veterans in it. They need to, they have to be better than that. They just have to be, you've been here before act like it, play like it. Yeah. The interesting thing Olympics, just to, just to talk through some of the, the usage stuff. There's just a couple, couple odd stretches. Um, you know, he, he came back in the first half. They took him out with about five minutes left. I was just kind of looking through the play-by-play on this. I think they were down eight, maybe. But they really had they had some momentum at that point. It got back in it. I think, you know, if I'm trying to put myself in Woodson's head, it's like, all right, we've kind of weathered the storm. We've gotten back in it. I'm going to take him out. I don't want to risk him getting another foul. And I, I think I, you actually hit a three again shortly thereafter. But then Arizona responded with like seven, eight points in a row again. And he ends up putting him in for about the last minute of the first half. But it just, I, I guess his thought was, I don't want to play with fire that I've already, you know, played him so much with two fouls. But I just, it, especially the way the first half was going, I really struggled with taking him out at that point. Um, but like I said, I feel like it, based on the way that he typically approaches playing guys with two fouls, he was probably like, okay, I rolled the dice as long as I could. And then in the second half, this is, I think, what you alluded to a minute ago, we are texting about him and he's over at the scores table ready to check in uh i somebody hit a three and and arizona took a timeout and it was yeah race hit race hit a three should have known um you know gets iu within six and and woodson pulls him back from there and there's not another dead ball until four minutes left at which point iu is down by nine um, so you basically lost yeah. two minutes of having a guy on the floor that really impacted the game. You only lost three points, but in that stretch of the game, that was super, I mean, that was super important. And, yeah. and a lot of the, a lot of it was less his decision-making, which was, you know, kind of up and down as we talked about, but defensively, I didn't have anybody else that could really, uh, really put pressure on, on Kirk Risa, who apparently has found the key to, you know, taunting, but not getting called for it, which yeah, you know, seriously, who knows, which I actually don't care about. I'm I don't care either. about it. It's just, just silly it the either. way that things are done. But, but yeah, I mean, in that stretch where, you know, in, in those two minutes, that second half, like crease had a couple assists, I think hit a three in there. And it, it just didn't make any sense to me at that point is like, what are you waiting? What are you holding him off for? Um, it just it just didn't make sense to me to pull him back in, in that scenario. Really, probably not at the end of the first half. At the end of the first half, I could probably make more uh, make more peace with, I guess, than uh, than the second half stretch. But just just seemed odd at that point, especially because he's really been able to play without fouling. I think the second foul was uh, pretty cheap. Quite honestly, it looked like Creasy just came down oddly, like rolled his own ankle, fell over, and just because he was next to him, it was a, a foul yeah, call. Yeah. We won't uh, terrible. We won't get into. Uh, that was that was by far not the worst call uh, of the evening. I think we all know what that one was. But I, I just thought in some of those stretches where I, I like that he went against and he almost had to the the auto benching with two fouls scenario. But I thought within that he still got really conservative with exit times because for his, you know, as much as the shot selection left something to be desired at a certain point, offensively, if this team was going to get into anything, it had to be him being the one to to do it. You can be conservative when you're up seven. You can't be conservative when you're down. Absolutely. Seven. Yeah. It's like you're down even. six with six minutes left. You you've like, you know, this is your chance to make a quick push and really put game pressure on them down the stretch. And and you kind of opted not to. He's the guy that puts pressure on them that they weren't concerned with. And 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 I you wasn't that I you never had good stretches when X was off the court, 
But more often than not, if they had a good stretch, even if he wasn't the one doing it, he was a guy they had to account for mm-hmm. and had to make sure, you know, they, they uh, you know, they kept tabs on. And it just, just seemed like a really strange decision to me to make at that point in the game. Um, and, and like I said, at that point, you don't really have timeouts if you're IU enough to just call a timeout to get it back in the game. So you're, you're hoping that the next dead ball is pretty soon after. And it was, it was over two minutes. Yep. Okay, well, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's loss to Arizona, we'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? The full court dribble and a perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Verdell. You are listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. Coach Don Sony is out in uh, Vegas. Not sure what he's doing to drown his sorrows, but hopefully having fun out he's there. He's drowning his sorrows all to the, drown his sorrows. All, the, all of the other Hoosiers. Uh, it's the top of segment two. You know what that means. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Yes, meaningful moments you might have missed. Uh, and this is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans to learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. We do need to mention, of course, the meaningful moment that nobody missed, which is the goaltend when it was 68-60. to Should have been 68-62. Instead, it goes down the other way, and it ends up 72-60. They called a a flop flop on 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 Renew that was absolutely not a flop. And again, what, now here's, here's the one thing. of the, one of the movements Tabellus made after getting touched in the first half acted like he got hit in the chest with a sledgehammer and then sniper got him. Look, yeah. all I want to say about it is you got to apply stuff evenly. And so one of the other ones that I feel like may have gotten lost in the shuffle is early in the second half. It's 47, 42. You know, Andy, we talked about this. Indiana battled back early in the second half and they got it to five. And you'll recall Trey tries to fight through a screen. He falls. It looked on the replay like he got tripped. And Arizona makes a three. It was basically the exact same thing that X got his second foul for. Just, you know, tripping. You know, and it's that was the problem with the game is some of those calls just weren't applied evenly. Arizona makes the three. They push it out to 52-42. You know, look, I don't think officiating caused Indiana to lose this game, but I do think it took away some chances where Indiana had some momentum in the second half. So, you know, that's all I'm going to say about it. Those are very frustrating moments. Um, But, you know, on a night when Indiana probably didn't have enough anyway to get it, they certainly didn't need to kind of be battling back, you know, against some of those calls. Yeah, the only only thing I'll add on that front, there was a dribble handoff in the first half that IU got called for. I think it was – I think Bates is the one that got called for it. And it was a legit – it was a legit moving screen. The way he turned it – the way he turned his body as he's handing the ball off is that there were countless – screens on the other end where the same thing happened over and over and over again, but just because it wasn't a dribble handoff, like it didn't get to the exact same thing to did that multiple times. It was like that the exact same way. The like two times down the court. And he, what he did was he set that 
dribble. He set that hand off and then he spun into the guy and moved like he was posting him up. Yeah, he was like a which revolving is illegal. Door. Yeah. yeah. So and he did that a number of times, and it's a savvy play. Look, if they're not going to call it, keep doing it. But the fact that <laughs> yeah. the officials get fooled by it is the problem. It's not. I don't. I don't blame Tubelis for doing that. He's getting away with it. It's a savvy play, and he's getting his guy open for a three. And if they, if Indiana jumps to avoid him for that, he's wide open for a layup, and he was several times tonight. Um, yeah. The officiating was horrible. It was horrible. It was terrible. Um, and and especially, in, and I thought it was the wor- at its worst in the second half in that yes. key stretch. There was about a five minute stretch there that included Galloway's floater. That was as obvious. I mean, the, the Arizona fans I saw were like, what the hell? Why didn't they call that? Like, you know, like it was, it was almost right in the hoop. And I saw one guy say it was an alley-oop. I'm like, if it's going to hit the rim, it doesn't matter if it's intended to be an alley-oop. If it's going to hit the rim, it is absolutely a goaltend if you go up and grab that. Um, yeah, that was just silly. Just <laughs> absolutely it, ridiculous. Yeah. No, it is. So let's, I just, we, we need to get that out there, but let's move on. Cause we'll just get angry talking about that. And oh, yeah. like, like I need anything else to make me. Angry. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, Andy, the, the moments that I want to point out actually happened late in the game and there were two straight possessions. One was a lob to trace Jackson Davis. The other was where they got it to got him the ball on a cut and he scored and got fouled. And look, this was not a good game for trace. He had 11 points. He was four of 10 from the field, you know, five rebounds. He fouled out. You know, had a couple of blocks and a steal, but he just wasn't, he was never able to get in a rhythm, was never able to impose his will. Um, again, you know, to me, these last three games, even, you know, against Nebraska, when he had the triple double, he doesn't, he hasn't had this, he doesn't have his normal quickness. He doesn't have his normal bounce. You know, we know he's dealing with back issues. Coach texted us and said he's reaching for his back, you know, every time they go to the bench. So we know he's not a hundred percent, but I guess my question, Andy, is why do we wait so long to get him the ball on the move like that? It really felt like so many possessions were we were kind of back to, you know, trace on the block, you know, and everybody just passing it around to try and get an angle to get it into him, never really able to do it. And, you know, we didn't see a lot of the the screen and rolls. We didn't see a lot of it where you kind of get him moving and you get him as a cutter. And you saw it there at the end, you know, and maybe part of that was Arizona's defense was a little bit more relaxed, perhaps, but it just it felt like offensively and look it was going to be tough for trace posting up anyway he's six nine going up against six eleven seven foot guys i just didn't quite understand how why we used him like that and why we didn't do some of the other things that we've seen you know have success now you know he wasn't able to, he wasn't going to be driving by guys because they completely sagged off of him you know so i get that but it did just seem like there was a lack of creativity in getting him involved in a night where you had to get him involved yeah i you know, I do think they tried to play through him a little bit in the post at the beginning of the second half. I know they made mention of that on the broadcast. They really came out to do that. But to me, it felt very much like uh, every matchup against Kofi Coburn short of the the Big Ten tournament last year, yeah. um, where you're just relying on him to overpower someone that is bigger and stronger than he is. Yes. Um, and, and to your point, then especially because – Later in the game, after race had hit those threes, I think that was one of the issues with that approach potentially in the first half is like they basically weren't guarding race Thompson at all um, early in the game. But once he'd hit a few threes, like that should open some things up. And um, yeah, it just seemed and, and maybe part of that is a function of not having X in there as a you know, guy who's a playmaker for a while. But he was obviously been there most of the second half before they did that. Yeah, it just seemed. Um, yeah, it, it just just seemed like you're continuing to beat your head against the wall. All I kept thinking was like, this is like the matchup with Kofi Coburn. I, I just, 
or kept going back to or, you know like, so they but, kept just but, trying to straight post him you know and you need to move him i mean that's trace does have some of the ability to move with the basketball especially inside about 15 feet and just didn't didn't want him to do that they're going to straight post up offense even the pick and roll stuff i mean I realize the the lane was congested, but it does open up things for shooters too. It opens up, you know, gets the defense moving and they didn't really feel like they wanted to do much of that. They did it a little bit, but they did when they did the pick and roll, it was really far out on the court instead of right along the three point line. So, you know, I mean, look at the end of the day, you know, Trace is an all American candidate. He's a guy, you know, should be a first team, all big 10 player. He's the guy, you know, got all the plaudits for getting the triple double against Nebraska you know, I'm curious, Ryan, how you assess his play tonight, because this is a stage that he has to rise to. I find myself, and I want you to tell me if I'm wrong here, I find myself thinking more about how he just doesn't look like the same guy and they didn't use him now properly. Now, I think he, I still feel like there needed to be a way for him to impose his will more on the glass, you know, find a way to get involved. Um but I'm not, I guess I'm not sure how much of that blame should go at his feet and how much, you know, this is a game to, you know, kind of walk away from it being like, okay, let's get him healthy and use him better because he was kind of put in some bad positions tonight. Look, Ballo is really difficult to defend, and so is Tubelis. And he was on both of them at different points tonight. And quite frankly, you can do everything right and get beat. I mean, you saw Race Thompson at one point, uh, Tubelis, who's like 6'10". He's bigger than Race. And he backed him down. Race was right there jumped with him, had his hand up in his face and the ball went in and you saw race just stick his arms up. Like, what am I supposed to do? And the answer is nothing. I mean, sometimes the other guy is just better than you and, and, yeah. and there's nothing that can be, that can, that can, you know, change that. And, and on offensively and defensively trace was not as good as Ballo because of his size. And it's not skill or anything. It's like he's bigger. He's stronger. He will get around you to get an offensive rebound, no matter how hard you're doing. And, Trace's back is bothering him. I mean, it's all those things mixed into one, but sometimes there are just bad matchups where a guy is better than you. We saw it with Kofi Coburn for years. And when I say better, I don't mean like you're not trying hard enough or you're not skilled enough or whatever. It's just, it's a bad matchup. And in this matchup, he wins, you know, he gets the plus sign next to his name. He's going to be better than you. Uh, And those are going to exist. And the fact that Trace is a six foot nine center, that's going to get exposed at times. That's why the way we that. used him just made no sense to me. It's like we figured out what to do against Kobe. This is not a game so. where Trace Jackson Davis doing a straight post up is going to get you anything. Anything. The dude is seven yes. feet, and the he- and his help is six ten. You know, I mean, it's it. So I yeah, I mean, that's what you're looking at there. I mean, there's nothing more he could have done. And the way Indiana stayed in the game was not for tr- by Trace going off. It was by hitting three pointers. Something we've hammered them to do all year and they started doing it. Miller cop Tamar Bates kept him in this game with three point yep. shots. Uh, uh, Ray Thompson, of course, uh, kept him in the game because look, they scored, they scored 22 points in the paint against 42 for Arizona. That's a, you lost that battle by 20 points and it's the thing you hang your hat on. The only reason they were in this game is because they knocked out shots. Yeah. Andy, do you have any moments before we talk about stats? Yeah, there was, there was one, and I guess it's a good, um, good way to talk about Bates, but there was that, I think Trace started it with a block, kicked it up to X, threw it up, to, threw it ahead to, to Bates, who gets a layup. It was the second basket in a row. And, um, cut it to know, nine. I text, texted you guys. It was like, you know, maybe just him seeing the ball go through the hoop. He had taken a kind of like in between floater jump shot on the possession before, just cause he kind of had to shoot it. That happened to go in. 
he sees the layup go through and then he really he really took off from there yeah. um he's arrived so it was a good you know one of few transition opportunities for iu today quite honestly yeah. uh, but started with i expected play way more was able to, to fast break points from both teams in this i'm sorry to get you off Andy. oh you're good no go ahead yeah i expected way more fast break points from both teams both teams had 15 i, I expected he's not really teams. sorry andy i'm he not just I, I just feel like i have to it's, say it yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the most disingenuous thing that's ever said on the show. <laughs> sorry, man. People say they're sorry. I don't. I question how much they really mean, but that's that's fine. Scott does that all the time on Crimson Cast. He'll go not to cut you off, and then just keeps going. And then he will cut you off, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then he'll cut you off. That's, I wonder it's Scott fine. and I get along so well. So yeah. <laughs> um all right let's go inside the numbers guys uh pick out a few key stats to talk about this game look you know i think it starts on the positive side 10 of 25 from downtown i know what it is about that number 25 but indiana's now taken 25 threes in three straight games they made six of them against rutgers 11 against nebraska 10 in this game uh and you know i, like, I think you they know, started it wasn't weren't they like one of the first 10 yes. i want to say yes yes and you know, look, they were all of they were all of their first eight, I think, and then they hit once. It was one of nine. If I'm, yep. I, I might be wrong there, but it was close. It was, I think they were one of ten at one point. And I'll tell you what, man, I appreciated Miller Cop's attitude in the first half. He was bound and determined to make a three because he knew that we needed, you know, a lift, and he just kept shooting. You know, he missed his first few, but you can tell he's really turned a corner confidence wise. You know, you could tell tonight. Um, Tamar has turned a corner confidence-wise. You can just tell the way those guys are shooting. You know, I don't think, you know, Andy, you mentioned the one, you know, the one shot from Tamar that he kind of had to chuck up. You know, all the other ones, even his long, I think he's now kind of got the green light from the mid-range. Couple pull-up jumpers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but those, they looked smooth, you know? And so I think, you know, you, the way that he's shooting and confident, you're going to live with those. And obviously, Race Thompson, who seems to have added super arc to his three-point shot, uh, you know, he, he was able to shoot. And so, you know, we've been talking about that. Some nights, you're not going to play that well, and you have just got to make threes to be in a game, to stick with it, to make runs. This is why we harp on it. (laughs) You know, this is why we harp on it. You know, and I will say, Ryan, back to a point that you made earlier. Arizona looked comfortable in the environment. We really didn't, you know, and so and I think that's a very fair point. Hopefully playing in this environment now helps prepare us for the future. And that's why you do it. Yes, you totally. You know, that's why so Kentucky always wants to play in domes preseason. You know, early. No, early it makes in the sense. Yep, it I mean, does. it's a, it's a, it's it was a great game for Indiana to play, and so I think, you know, seeing Indiana go twenty-one for fifty from downtown, you know, the last couple of games, um, is obviously a good sign moving forward. Uh, and so, you know, that's probably the biggest positive to take f- to take from it from a numbers perspective. Uh, Andy, what other numbers jumped out to you? Well, I mean, I feel like I have to. Ryan probably wants to interrupt anyway, and he has he has built something in the chat as I oh. have a stat that tells it tells the story. The story. Oh, I got it. Is it eighty nine seventy five? Yeah, well, that was my second one. You just ruined it. Thanks. No, uh, nineteen of forty four from two. They were forty three percent from two. I mean, that's you got you got to shoot better from two point. They're one of the best two point shooting teams in the country, and they only shot forty three point one four forty three point two percent from two. I mean, that's you know. That typically that is you're getting out muscled, you're getting out bodied, you're getting moved around, or you're four inches shorter than the guys you're going up against. Both that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, but you, you have to have good recognition of when to shoot and when, when not to, to shoot it and when not to. And also, as you said, how to use your big guys better, going and making it find a way to make it so they're going to the hoop, not backed up. I mean, there was a, there was a point where Race Thompson got a ball in the post against Tubelis, and this was very early on, this was before he hit those threes and really got into the game. I thought, but he backed him down a little, and then when he went up, he was just leaning back 
you know, instead of going up through the guy. And we've talked about Trace Jackson Davis, who's freshman and sophomore year, when he was playing a bigger guy, he would do that. You know, he just leaned back and kind of fling it against the backboard. Well, Race Thompson leaned back and didn't go into uh, to Bellis. And if you if you go lean back like that, even if you get your arm hit, they're not going to call a foul because you're falling back. And the, the shot got blocked. And it's you know, if you go up strong into the guy, you're at least going to get fouled, possibly, or you know, make it so the official has to make a call. Or, or make a decision on a call. And you know what? If he doesn't give it to you there, he realizes he didn't give you a 50-50 call. He might give you another one later on. Um, but yeah, you shoot 43.2% from two. You're going to lose the game. I mean, it's you've got to do Unless you hit 23s, you're going to lose the game. And and especially when you're built the way Indiana's built. So whether it's that or the guards and guys taking pull-up twos. I mean, Tamar hit a, hit a shot I thought was a three, but apparently his foot was on the line. You know, it was a long two. Yeah, you take a lot of long twos and you're not making them. Uh, you're going to lose the game. So I, I thought that that two point field goal percentage really tells the story of the game. Yeah. Andy, any others? You know, the, the big one, when they got behind by so much, they really had that rash of turnovers there. And so, you know, give up 16 points off turnovers in the second half, just two turnovers in total and two points off turnovers in the second half. You know, that, that just goes back to the, you know, the hole that they, they dug from there. It, you know, I think the other is 14 shot attempts for race Thompson. Um, yeah, you know, he he shot it well from three after being a little hesitant early, um, but you know, very seldom is the game plan going to be for him to be the guy who takes the most shots. And, and two of seven from two. For him. Yeah, and that's really you know Arizona to come out at the beginning, and I I mean they adjusted some where they would step out to him a little bit more as the game went on, but at the very beginning of the game, I mean I think it was Raptor who basically said it was almost like they were playing a zone with his guy just kind of roaming and not guarding him and and it just goes back to how do you get trace the ball in places where you want him to you know give him scoring opportunities as opposed to taking what the defense which sometimes is is fine but you know leads to to some of that i mean you had you know the shots were very concentrated among four guys and and i guess the other stat for lack of a better term is i think zero which is the number of minutes that jordan geronimo played in the second half unless i unless i missed it um I thought he gave him some good active minutes. He was impactful in the first half. They had that weird lineup in where basically like Miller Cop was playing the two guard at one point. I think that was toward the end of the first half um, where it was Galloway, Cop, uh, Geronimo, Race, and Trace. And uh, yeah, I, d- I don't think this was a game where you probably could have played Geronimo a ton at the four um, just because athleticism wise is one thing, but just in terms of uh, being able to push those guys out far enough, but did think he was really active when he was in there. Maybe that was just a function of cop playing really well and, um, you know, continuing to provide some scoring, but just thought it was strange that he didn't play really at all, or maybe he got back in, in at the very end, but I don't remember him coming in in the second half. No, I don't, I don't think he did. Um, the other stat obviously is Arizona shot 25 free throws and we shot nine. You know, some of that One maybe is calls, half. but part of it is just they're the bigger team. They were the more aggressive team. They were in position, and you're going to shoot more free throws when that happens. And so, you know, to give up everything Indiana gave up and then to have them, you know, just making more free throws because actually, you know, Indiana actually took more shots tonight. Indiana took 69 field goal attempts. Arizona took 63. So Indiana actually got more shots up, but, you know, Arizona obviously much more efficient with theirs, um, and they were able to get more from the line. Ryan, anything else? In the numbers category, 
No, I thought I knocked it out with a two-point field goal percentage. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I again, I'll just reiterate the fast break points. It was 15-15. I was expecting way more, especially from Arizona, who plays at such a high rate and tries to run so much. And you see, like, Tubelis is down the floor like that every single time. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, there's something worth talking about, and that's, uh, I think, um, Malik Renew just, again, for about the fourth straight game really didn't offer that much. And and I think that it's not a coincidence that since the North Carolina game, he's struggled and that's the first time he played a really genuine college big man. And I mean, he did against Xavier and he played pretty well in that game. But Xavier's Xavier's post guys were fine, but they're not, you know, great. I, I, no, I don't le- think they're legit. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Solid. So he played decent that game, but he's been, he hasn't given Indiana playing, much since But he's then. playing, you know, he's played guys that could, wind up in the NBA the last couple games. I mean, you know, Rutgers, uh, he yeah. was completely outmatched. Um, and then against, uh, and then today and, and against North Carolina, just really didn't do much. I think, uh, you know, he's at, he scored in the last four games, two points, two points, four points and four points and has not looked, you know, but that's, you know, he's a freshman. I, you know, if you're relying on Malik Renew to win you a game against Arizona, you got bigger problems than anything. But it just is interesting. He's sort of hit that wall where he's finally playing grown men, essentially, and he's struggling to adjust physically to it. And, and you're seeing him, you know, try, he tried to back down Ballo at one point. Ballo just kind of stood there and looked at him like, what are you doing? Like, you know, and he had to pass it out because it's just you're not going to move a seven footer like that as, a, as an 18 year old kid. Yeah, yeah. I think the difference, I, the biggest difference to me, right, NBA pedigree or not, Xavier's big men are more, I'll say, finesse big men. For yes, lack of that's a better a good term. Call. Yeah. Um, the other guys are cer- strong. Certainly, Nunji is wants to play a little bit more outside, but even Fremantle is is a little bit more of of that kind of look versus a, a bruiser like a Baycott or mm-hmm. Valo or Tubelis or or whatever. No, that's true. That is true. Okay, coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out some game balls and the Hoosier Hustle Award. We'll discuss a few lingering questions, and then we will look ahead to what is coming up, which for this team is good because it's a break. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Thomas. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. You can join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris. Ryan Phillips is here. Andy Bottoms is here. And gentlemen, it is time for the Game Ball, uh, which is presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all their testing services in honor of TJD. That's bloomenviro.com. Dot com. Uh, Andy, let's go to you first. Who gets your game ball for tonight's performance? Well, I was really hoping you go to somebody else first. Um, I can go first if you'd like. I mean, to like me, it. to me, it was down to Race and, and Tamar uh, are the two that I I looked at. Uh, on the one hand, you've got Race led the team in scoring and rebounding. Um, I thought struggled a little bit on the defensive end um, of things, and then 
you know, Bates gives you 13 big points off the bench. So I felt like those were the, uh, those are the two, I guess I'll go with race. Um, cause I think it was a, I mean, a much needed uplift to, to really have somebody bang in some threes at that point, uh, with him and hopefully one that gives him some confidence going forward to take that shot, take it with a little bit more confidence. So, uh, I, I'll go with him just the way that he stepped up offensively and really kind of helped even not even things out in the front court, but, uh, helped offset some of Trace's struggles and the fact that he didn't score very much and the fact that he almost ended up with a double-double. I'll, I'll go with him. Ryan? Uh, I'm going a totally different direction. I'm going with Miller Cop. I thought all four of his threes were enormous. He also led the team in minutes with 39, and he was out there. And I thought early on he was not good defensively. They were clearly going right at him. I thought he really stepped up his game in the second half defensively. I thought he played well. He did have that one rebound that went off his hands out of bounds, which is rough. And there were four of those tonight that Indiana could have secured a rebound and wound up being a team rebound out of bounds for Arizona. Really rough. But Miller... His the threat of his three point shooting the entire night spread out the floor for Indiana. You could see even early, as soon as he caught it, there was a guy on him. And when guys were closing out, he would shoot it in their right in their face. And he he had very few where he was just standing there wide open for you know five seconds waiting. Um, and I think that his you know ability to have that kind of confidence is going to be enormous for Indiana moving forward because you got to have somebody who can knock him down. He was five and nine on the night, four of eight from three, uh, three rebounds and assist, one turnover uh, and a steal and uh, had played 39 minutes and looked like he was ready to shoot the whole time. So I got Miller. I, I got to give him credit yeah. for that tonight. Yeah. The, the one thing that I thought they missed some opportunities in the first half where they just did not make good passes to him. Nope. Where he, didn't he was wide. He got himself open. Yep. And and they were, to your point, they, they were staying pretty tight to him. But by the time he, you know, got control of the ball and, and got ready to shoot, they had been able to no close look. out, which is a credit to their defense as well. Uh, but definitely Good some recovery. opportunities to hit him in rhythm to shoot that were missed. Yeah, that's a uh, subtle thing on. that Jalen really helps with too. He's really yeah. good at that, you know. Well, and guys who were usually good passers were missing. I mean, Galloway threw a couple that were just well, we were you know, sped and, up, you know, as yeah, you said. That's that's it's the thing. And yeah. and here's the thing is you know, with a shooter like that, like he can recover catching a ball over here, and then but you got to reset yourself, as Andy said, they, they're closed out at that point. You catch him in rhythm, he'll nail it, and he did tonight, and he's starting to look more and more confident every game, and it, it's really yeah. a, a huge lift for Indiana. You know, this is obviously a really disappointing loss, but, you know, sometimes you have a loss like this and you come on here and it just feels like there's no performances worthy of a game ball. You know, and tonight it doesn't feel like that. You know, I think, Ryan, you make good points about Miller. Uh, Andy, everything that you said about race and Tamar was true. Uh, Xavier Johnson, for all the poor decisions on shots, 11 assists, two turnovers, and was the one guy who was plus four. Like, Indiana outscored Arizona when he was on the court. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of different ways that you could go, you know, and guys, despite some poor execution and the big hole early, some guys really stepped up on a big stage. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm hoping guys take from this. Certain individuals come out of this with some confidence, like, man, I'm disappointed we lost, but dude, I did some stuff tonight, you know, in a high level game. Um, I'm going to give mine to race Thompson. Cause I think at the end of the day, the production matters 16 points and nine boards. Um, you know, I, I, you know, look, obviously he's at a big disadvantage playing the four against, you know, two guys that are six eleven and seven foot. And it did seem like there were certain times he could have been in better, better position and, you know, some of those things, but you step up and make those three pointers. Like at the end of the day, that's huge. Race Thompson making three pointers changes everything for this team. And this is why he has to keep shooting them. Everybody's saying race needs to stop shooting. He has to, if he's going to play, he's got to shoot. And what he's got to do is start making more of them. That is the answer. And tonight he made them. 
And so, you know, we've seen it before. You know, I don't think anybody's ready to say, like, okay, race is ready to be a real stretch four. We've seen ups and downs and him have a few big games. Uh, but, you know, for him to do it on this stage, again, hopefully a big confidence builder for a guy who's been really up and down. Um, but I thought tonight when Indiana, you know, in that first half just needed someone to produce and put the ball in the bucket, he did it, and it gave Indiana a chance to breathe a little bit and battle back. Um, so I will give it to him. That is Race Thompson's first Game ball of the season. Trace Jackson Davis leads with five. Malik X, Tamar, Miller, and Trace all have one. And now it is time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. The Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Thank you, Anthony. Nice to see that Anthony was uh, back out warming up with the team. That boot off, so hopefully he can uh, get back on the court here soon. Um, all right, Ryan, let's go to you first. Your Hoosier Hustle Award, and I know you have big plans for tonight, and you got to leave us, not stand with us for the full show. Uh, Walking out on your teammates. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry the game <laughs> went insanely long. Uh, Tamar Bates. 13 points, yeah. 6 to 10 from the field, uh, two rebounds. I also thought he chased as hard as he could defensively. You know, Arizona just ran good stuff a lot of the mm-hmm. time. I mean, let's be real. They're a very, very <laughs> well-coached team, and they ran good offense with really talented players. I mean, no matter how much you chase, sometimes the guy's going to get an open look. It's just, you know, that's what good offense does, against even against good defense. You're going to, you know, you can guard him right 90% of the time, but that 10%, they're going to get the open look. And so um, I, I really thought he played well. It's really nice to see him emerging. This is the guy we saw in high school, you know, against, you know, commensurate competition is, and he's developing into that and and his confidence and his ability to step up on both ends is huge. And as we've seen with Tamar, one end of the floor often informs the other. And if he makes a great play defensively, he tends to go down and play pretty well offensively and vice versa. So he really got into this game and started playing really well. And, and um, you know, I love to see that kid play, play with confidence. He's a lot of fun to watch play. So do we need to give you your stage for final thoughts now? No, just go. Oh, okay. I Read the chat, did. Jared. We have a private okay. chat right there. Oh, just let me go. Okay, sorry. I thought you needed to go first right now. Well, that's fine, but then you know, okay. we also you. probably will hit some kind of lingering question before we get to final thoughts. It's fine. We'll right after Until this, I so. say I've got to go, we can go, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am also going to give it to Tamar. Um, and, you know, we talked about the shooting. But, you know, look, on a night when just securing, you know, loose balls and rebounds was an issue, there was a great play that really stood out to me, and it was – it was in that stretch when Indiana had cut it to three and then Arizona pushed it back out. I think they were up seven. Uh, and it was either a rebound or someone, you know, kind of tapped the ball away from an Arizona guy and it's kind of going down the baseline and Tamar just dove on it and corralled it. And it's one of those plays. It's like, yes, that's what you got to do sometimes when the ball is out there. You just have to find a way to get it. Um, you know, and so I thought he was, you know, he was hustling. He was scoring. He was doing everything that you want to see, Andy, from a guy who we said all offseason season. 
of all the guys here, you know, Jalen Huchifino being as advertised and Tamar Bates kind of fulfilling his promise are the two things that really change the ceiling for this team. You know, we're kind of in a wait and see with Jalen to get him healthy. We've seen how impactful he can be. Meanwhile, the last few games, Tamar has really stepped up, you know, and that gives you some hope that when you get everybody back together, this can still be the team that we hope it can. Yeah, I, I mean, his play continues. That's who I was going to get mine to as well. And, and I think he's, um, as you said, for a game that was disappointing in some ways, at least in terms of the way that IU played uh, early on in the hole they dug for themselves, there were some some solid performances to highlight. And I think it just becomes a matter of how this team or if this team or when this team can really put it all together with the pieces that they have. Because, you know, tonight, Xavier Johnson and, and TJD, your two stars combined for 22 points and we're seven of 23 from the floor where you're you know, both tied for fourth as your leading scorer. And the fact that IU was in this game with those things happening at various points is a, a testament to guys like race that we talked about and cop that we talked about and, and Tamar Bates. So I think it's a matter of, you know, maybe uh, hopefully a good problem to have once Huchifino comes back, but how you dole out the minutes uh, in the backcourt where you've had some productive minutes from Galloway and you've had Bates play well. Uh, I think a lot of what we thought about the depth of this team has been reaffirmed. Just need to get back to a point where everybody's actually playing at the same time so that you can figure out how you want to dish out the minutes and the rotations and uh, and all of those kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, another another really encouraging performance from him uh, on a bigger stage. That was one of the questions I think was uh, something you had brought up on the uh, the Friday show that you did for the community in terms of how he'd shot in the the bigger games that I you had had and that had been a struggle and this is one that um, suited him well and he and he played well and rose to the occasion. This was really his first really good scoring performance in kind of a tough environment. A lot of his other big games, the Nebraska game last year at home, his big games this year, they came at home. He really hadn't done much. He didn't do much against Xavier, didn't do much against Rutgers, didn't do much against North Carolina. That's why seeing him do this tonight in this environment is just, I think, it's the biggest storyline to me coming out of the game because of what it could potentially mean moving forward uh, for Indiana. Lingering questions. I, the biggest lingering question is health. When do you get Jalen Huchifino back? You know, when does Trace get back to looking like himself? Got you know, a week off. Yeah, a week off until Kansas. That's huge, you know, for this group, you know, which just needs some time off. I think my big lingering question, Ryan, is what is Indiana going to get out of Malik Renew? You know, and what is Jordan Geronimo's role on this team right now? Because he's also a guy who in Indiana's biggest games hasn't been able to really make an imprint, you know, and he he made some I thought decent plays early in the game, didn't get a chance in the second half. And Malik, as we talked about, when he gets in there, he's ready to do stuff. Right now, the stuff he's ready to do isn't working uh, against some of these guys. And so he's going to have to really start picking his spots a little bit better. And you don't want to pull the aggressiveness back, but he's just, he's over dribbling too much. He's just trying to do things in situations that he's not ready to do right now. Yeah, and I thought Jordan traveled like three times when he got the ball and kind of shuffled his feet. And, you know, again, it's, it's a fast game, and he does not do well with fast games because he just isn't as good a ball handler as he probably should be at this point. And I love his effort. I love his energy. I love his chase down blocks. I love him in the open floor, and I love him sort of running the baseline. Um, but, you know, out on the perimeter, handling the basketball is not where he belongs right now. And, and uh, maybe one day he gets there, um, but it's 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 not – you know, that's not it for him right now. And 
with Malik, I think he's just got to get used to facing bigger, stronger guys in the post, just like Trace Jackson Davis had to get used to that. He's got the skill. He's got the footwork. He's got the ball handling ability. But you know what? He's also young. And when you screw something up, you get frustrated and try and make up for it. And you screw another thing up and it's your compounding mistakes. And he's also not guarding, you know, without fouling right now. He's guarding and being very handsy. And again, a trait of a young guy right there. And and so he's just going through the freshman thing right now. And we haven't seen Jalen Huchifino really get bogged down by that yet. Um, we also haven't seen him in a couple of our big games. So we'll see. I, you know, I, I think that Malik will, will eventually find his place. It's just going to take some time. So the other lingering question uh, is, and this is coming from the chat mob. Does Andy realize that his new setup, it looks like he has a giant man bun on top of his head based on, yeah. Based on, I noticed that based too. on the framing. You might want to just we angle all, it a little to the right. I just sit over this way. Yeah, we, there you go. We all needed a laugh tonight, Andy. Well, people so were saying we, they liked it, Andy. Yeah, yeah. No. It looks well, something to something to try out. It's good to know. Good to know. Uh, Andy, any other? What are some lingering questions for you coming out of this? In terms of, like, what does Indiana need to do now to be able to go compete at Kansas? I mean, the environment's going to be great. Kansas, you know, they went to Missouri and just put a smackdown on them tonight. Um, but they're not, they don't seem like a vintage Kansas team yet this season, you know? So it seems like if Indiana, yeah, so it seems like Indiana should have a chance in that game, but you know, it's kind of tough to say that walking out of what we just saw tonight. Yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be a totally different game from a matchup standpoint. Uh, Kansas does not have hardly plays anybody taller than six eight. Um, they really play a lot of small ball. Jalen Wilson is six eight. Uh, he's, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's playing center, uh, but uh, as you look through like what the the lineup stuff is on Ken Palm, he's the one that gets listed there. I think really. KJ Adams is he's six seven, probably maybe more of a guy that they'll match up on other teams' bigs. But that is really the question because that puts that gives a different challenge to race and trace, right? As you as you go through and uh, try to work through those things, they had their hands full tonight based on the size. Now they're going to be put on the move and uh, in some uncomfortable situations from that perspective. So Kansas just basically starts four guys that are between six six and six eight, um, but don't really have anybody anybody huge. So. I think that's really the biggest lingering question for me is what that means from a matchup standpoint. How does IU guard uh, in that scenario? Um, and is that something that they're able to take advantage of from a rebounding perspective? Are they able to find better ways to get TJD the ball inside in a game where maybe a straight post up is a little bit more of a, a logical uh, way to uh, way to attack Kansas' defense? But Kansas' defense is always really good. They always run really good offense. Uh, so I think, you know, in a team that, is able to run sets really well like you had with Arizona tonight. How do you rebound from that uh, defensively? And I think you, you tie that in a little bit to, you know, what you mentioned with the health piece of it. And you look at IU schedule and, and go through it. You know, this is where earlier in the year you kind of felt there's basically like two weeks, really two and a half weeks um, following the Kansas game where you only got two games against Elon and Kennesaw State. And is that your opportunity to get guys healthy before the Big Ten? Do you kind of gut it out, get yourself through this Kansas game, and then you've got time for people to really do that? Now you get the chance to get a little bit rusty from a, a basketball perspective uh, during that. But I think that'll be the lingering question coming out of the Kansas game is in terms of like 
how does IU use that schedule and can they use it to their advantage? The man bun is really just the story of the day in the chat. Model. I can't it's unsee like it either, to be honest with you. About. Now that people have said it, I find that I need to keep like moving myself around a little bit. Yeah, so. it's in your head now. There All you right. go. So there there go. you All go. Right. You, you got to show up to the meetup like with an actual man bun now, Andy. It's well, just, there's it, not it a chance to... that that's going to happen. There's a variety of reasons that are going to make that really difficult. So. <laughs> Look, we're, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this. We'll have Assembly Call Radio this week. We'll have content in the community. So we'll be looking ahead to this game against Kansas. I'll just say briefly, my lingering question is how does Tamar Bates approach that game? He's back home. He's going to be as amped up as he's ever been. And again, tonight we saw him on a big stage step up. He's going to have to be able to, and Indiana's going to need him. It's clear they're going to need that scoring punch off the bench. He's going to have to manage that and harness that in a good way to where he channels it the right way. Cause you know, sometimes you get overly amped up and especially for a guy like him, that's kind of a rhythm shooter that can get you out of your rhythm. Um, but, you know, I think he's a guy that can be a, kind of a big game player. And now that he's starting to get his rhythm, um, I think he I think he really has a chance to swing that game. So how does he come out, manage the emotions of that moment, uh, I think will be big for Indiana. All right, you're listening to the Assembly Call. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout and you will get 15% off your first order. Gentlemen, it is time for last call. Ryan, of course, we will go to you first. Oh, there you go. Uh, look, maybe you should play- try a man bun for your date tonight. You could you could bun that up. He's got he's got a lot better chance of pulling it off than I do. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, Indiana just played a better team than than them tonight. I, I just think that talent wise, Arizona is really good. It was a measuring stick game for Indiana, and they came up short. Uh, that doesn't mean that Indiana can't be a great team this year and can't have a very successful season. But they need to do a lot of things better. And when you play a team that is more talented than you, you cannot give them anything. And they gave them a 19 point lead to start the game. That was the difference of the ball game. And they just, I don't know, didn't come ready to play. Didn't come out the gate. Same thing that happened at Rutgers. And so this team needs to get better at that and be ready to play from the jump. And if you're not ready to play from the jump against a good team, you're going to lose. And, and so that's what they learned tonight. When you play better teams, you learn things and that's what they learned. And uh, I, I don't think this is some massive failing by Indiana. It just shows you where you are in the pecking order nationally. And it's you're, you're a step below the best out there. And when you're a step below, as I said, you have to make them play poorly you have to make it so they're not playing their best and you have to absolutely play your best to get a win. And so we learned that about Indiana tonight and about what, what the the field looks like nationally. Now go win the big 10, you know, compete, win the big 10. And maybe next time you face a team like this, you know, you're ready to play and you play better and you bring their level down and you up yours. That's what has to happen. So, um, I mean, disappointing, I think for everybody, but they just didn't, you know, what ha- what we thought probably was going to happen happened. I'm going to pull that up yours out of context and totally. You can it. I say it to you often off the Absolutely. <laughs> smirk too. So we're reconvening in what three hours for AC after dark to get a full breakdown of how tonight goes. This would be a great place to insert Ryan? the up yours he just gave you uh, <laughs> as a response to. You. <laughs> All right, see you, man. <laughs> Andy Lascaux. Uh, I mean, I'd echo a lot of what Ryan said. I, I think um, defensively in this game, if you compare it to the North Carolina game, IU did a really good job of making North Carolina uncomfortable. And I don't think at any point tonight Arizona looked or felt uncomfortable 
both on offense or really just in the game. Uh, I think they always felt like if they needed to get a bucket, they could get one um, by getting the ball inside, hit a bunch of timely threes, which is probably what makes it seem like they shot better from three than IU did, even though those numbers – uh, really even themselves out it just seemed like every time IU made a run they had one that they could they could hit to stem the tide but I think overall a, a good experience for IU these are the types of games that we want to see IU play in and a game like this requires something different than you know sometimes the tackle basketball of the Big Ten and I thought it was a little bit of a microcosm of what you see not to go back and you know pound on uh, on some of the the officiating again but almost on a smaller scale, it was what you kind of see the Big Ten get into in, in terms of, you know, how they play and how rugged it can be. And then you get in a game like this where things are a little bit more wide open. And how do you adapt to that? Um, so I think in that regard, it's good. Now you're going to fall right back into the, you know, into Big Ten play here come come January. But it did feel a little bit like, you know, that transition from regular season to postseason from a Big Ten perspective. Um yeah. So, you know, I, I think a good measuring stick. I, I don't know that IU played as badly as maybe the final score would indicate, but I also don't think they're on the level of where Arizona is right now. Doesn't mean they can't get there over the course of the year. And I think to to attempt to end it on a positive note, as, as we talked about before, there were a lot of good individual performances in the game. It just wasn't a great team performance. And yep. as you get Ideally, Jalen Huchifino back, you get Trace a little bit healthier. If they can put all the pieces together that they've shown uh, individually, that you know how they've improved, I think that gives you reason for optimism for the season. What we don't know yet is when's everybody going to be healthy? Can they fit all those pieces together? How do you dish out the minutes? You know, what does Tamar Bates' role look like if he continues to play this well? Cop has earned the right to play more minutes. So I think that's a a potentially good problem to have. Um, but, you know, all is not lost for one game against a really good team in December on a neutral floor. Certainly not going to hurt you from a resume standpoint. And you get another crack at one of the big boys on on Saturday against Kansas. Uh, and like I said, in a game that's going to look a whole lot different from a personnel standpoint than this one. And um, we'll see how I use able to, to bounce back and adapt to that. Yeah. I mean, it... Certainly winning the Xavier game and beating North Carolina allowed you to go into this not feeling like you were desperate to get a win just to salvage the non-conference, you know? And so from that perspective, Andy, you're right. There's the opportunity cost if you didn't get a big resume-building victory, but it's not a loss that's going to hurt you. You know, and I think what is most disappointing is I think what all Indiana fans really just wanted in a showcase game like this, we're back on a national stage, is let's put our best foot forward. And I think the main frustration that most of us are going to take away from that is feeling like we didn't in part because of how the team played, you know, just not executing early, digging that big hole. You've got to fight back. And there was, you know, there was some valor in the way that they that they fought back and some good things to take from it. I thought the way that you summed it up as some good individual performances, but not a good team performance is probably the best summation of this game. But just disappointment and not putting our best foot forward in that respect and just not having all our guys. You know, I think that's the thing to take from this is tonight, Indiana was not on the level of Arizona. You know, the team we saw tonight was a team, you know, that maybe loses in the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament. But where I think it's important to walk away from this with some perspective is this is not Indiana's full team. 
You know, we got to get our guys back. We got to get healthy. I think these next few weeks are really important for that. Now, look, I mean, there's no excuses. You still got to play the games. The wins and losses still count. If guys aren't healthy, it's not going to matter in February and March. But this team is capable of so much more when it has its full complement of guys, um, and, you know, and, and all those guys are healthy. So it's really disappointing that even with the guys that were there, Indiana wasn't able to do a little bit more. Um, but I think it's OK to walk away from this feeling that disappointment, feeling that frustration, but not feeling like, you know, OK, well, everything that we thought about this team isn't true. It wasn't tonight, but there's still a lot of reasons to think that it might be moving forward. And if Tamar Bates is going to shoot like this, and if Miller Kopp is going to shoot like this, and if Race can shoot like this a little bit more, you know, those are the kinds of things that can change the equation from Indiana. So some things that are positive to take away, definitely some frustrations, um, you know, but those are the kinds of things that are going to happen when you're playing on a big stage like this. And most importantly, it was great for Indiana to be back on a big stage, playing in the kinds of non-conference games it needs to be playing consistently hopefully the next time the result will be a little bit better. And hey, let's start that next weekend against Kansas. All right, that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Thursday with Assembly Call Radio to talk IU hoops again with you once again. Until then. Take it from me, Yogi Farrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mr. Stan Sony. <sighs> Damn it. Yeah. Damn. Now you moved over, so now the man bun isn't happening. I know. I had to I had to fix it. I couldn't stop looking at it myself. Do it for the people, did. Andy. Once Take one for the team. Up. We need this. We need the man bun. I couldn't do it. I was distracting myself by looking at it. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Uh, uh, oh man. Well, soccer team also on the big stage on Monday. So hopefully they can uh, Yeah, they are. Dang it, I forgot to mention that. Hopefully they can win Going it. Going for number nine, man. That is yeah. unbelievable. They've made what is it? They've now made half of the Final Fours or half of the College I think, Cups. Since... I think it's something like that. Something That's ridiculous. Just like unbelievable. That. Yeah. Hundred percent. Unbelievable. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Kansas game will be uh, will be an interesting one. I think they exposed Missouri for uh, kind of who they had amassed their unbeaten record on today, but. I mean, that's not an unwinnable game. It probably is if we don't, you know, if we're not firing on all cylinders. But, you know, we've seen this Indiana team play at times in a way that you could go at Kansas and win. But they just got to get back in the flow. And, you know, this is is such a tough spot for a guy like Trey Galloway. You know, I mean, we love Trey, but there are still going to be some matchups that you don't want to have to rely on him as much as you did tonight, you know, to be a primary ball handler. So, and he, I mean, he had three assists and one turnover. It's not, it's so funny. Like the, I think he and X were 14 assists, like three turnovers. Three turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just based on the numbers, it was okay, but it certainly didn't really feel like that watching it. You know, the offense didn't feel Everything as comfortable. Everything frantic offensively. Yes, it did. Yeah. yeah, it really did. And, and okay. as, as, as someone who coaches sixth grade basketball, I've seen my share of frantic offense <laughs> for sure. Saw some of it earlier today. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, Uh, oh, well. All right, man. Good experience. I think reaffirms 
what you probably thought about Arizona coming in in terms of how good they really are. And, uh, you know, I think in some ways how far IU has to go. But uh, interestingly enough, it was, you know, you're playing another team that plays two bigs, n- neither of which really steps out and, and does anything. But they run the floor so well and play so fast that they don't really get things clogged up in the lane based on the way they play with them. So mm-hmm. maybe some things that you can take away from it and, and improve offensively. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Andy, tell the family we said hi. Will do. Hopefully Ryan has a good night. And (laughs) we'll see you all later. All right, we'll see you. (laughs) Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home... Yes, cool. ...or attending one live... You can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.